Hey there, this is Jason and Paul, and we encourage you to follow us on Instagram at stateofloveandtrust underscore pod, where we can continue the conversation with you. Thanks for listening. And now, let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, alongside, as always, Paul Gilleary. Paul, we are getting into the meat and potatoes of December. Can you feel the chill in the air? I can. I think they call it December. Ah, yes. (laughs) Seasons. We are not used to seasons in Los Angeles. Dude, it's like 70 degrees these days. It's not 70 degrees. It's like 65 but that's during the daytime when it's nice. Now it's like 52 degrees and I'm cold. Yeah, I suppose. Look at me. I'm wearing a puffy vest. You are. You are. In my, in my dungeness studio here. Okay. Anywho, just a quick bit of news to talk about before we get into the, uh, the real main portion of this episode. And that is the founders awards ceremony from, from Mopop up in Seattle. Uh, honoring Alice in Chains. Now, of course, they are not Pearl Jam, but they are friends of Pearl Jam, and part of the Pearl Jam unit played some songs from Alice in Chains in honor of those guys. What did you make of of their performance? I think, I think Matt and Mike played with Kim um, and a couple other folks on Angry Chair, but then you had all the Soundgarden guys doing other stuff, and you had yeah. Anne Nancy Wilson, and you had Korn and Metallica and Alice themselves, and what did you think? I thought it was a lot of fun, man. Um, what I really enjoyed was the acknowledgement of what Alice in Chains' place is in the musical pantheon. Not so much as it relates to just the scene in Seattle in the 90s, but more so music in general. I feel like that band is and was highly underrated for a very unique sound that I believe differentiated them from just about any band I'd I'd really ever heard. And if you think about Eddie's song, the the, the secret track on Lost Dogs, which was a kind of a little penned letter to Lane Mm -hmm. after he he passed away, uh, this idea that everybody was trying to sound like him, but you know, there was only one Lane. And you could say the same thing about Chris Cornell Um, You could say the same thing about Eddie. I mean, it truly is astounding how many musicians and bands were able to carve out something so unique and lasting from that era that it's created this ripple effect that we we still see today. And and that mutual respect that you get from, from so many established musicians, not only from that era and that scene, but also, I mean, you had Metallica, you had you know, Corey Taylor from Slipknot. I mean, you had some, some really big acts in the rock scene. Really loved that Metallica cover of, of Wood, actually, acoustic. I thought it was a nice um, kind of alternative way to, to, to play the song. I mean, I, I've always loved their unplugged version, Alice in Chains, when, when they did the track, but I thought it was a, a unique kind of spin on the song that uh, James and, and Lars put together there. Well, it was one of, um, I think it was the only song that was played twice in the show. Um, corn also covered it in a very corn way. So it was weird. Yeah. Like, like an hour and a half apart, you had these two completely different versions of the same song. 
Very interesting. And there was there were, in, there were um, musicians from across the spectrum that were kind of hodgepodge together to play these tracks. And a lot of them came off really well. There was a singer that I'd never heard of before named Liv Warfield. And um, black woman with long dreads. I think uh, some photos yeah. I find of her hat. She's, she's bald. Um, but she's got some fucking pipes on her, man. And she she sang back up on uh, a song with Mark Lanigan singing. Why can't I think of it? Was it oh, was yeah. They nutshell. did Nutshell. Nutshell, yeah. yeah. And then she sang One by Herself, which is escaping me right now. Which she sang uh, lead. The, the one with Lanigan, man, was really touching. Just to see Star and, and Lane. There's just this... The, kind of retrospective home yeah. video footage and stuff. I mean, it was, it was sad, but at the same time, it was kind of nice to, to, to see them again, you know, in that vein. And that the yeah. home video footage I thought was, was pretty cool. It's a nice touch. I, I think one of the other cool things about Allison James, and I've been a fan of theirs for a long, long time, and you're right, they're underrated. They, they get yeah. overshadowed in, in that Seattle scene from, by Soundgarden and, and Pearl Jam. But dude, Alice, they had their sound. It was heavy, but also very melodic. Um, and not in a new metal way. Um, they were a, a half step down tuning. That was Jerry Cantrell's thing, which was kind of yeah. its own thing at the time. Everyone was, was and I made a joke about it in a previous episode where people were, you know, dropping to C and D and B and all these crazy low tunings to try and sound heavy and, and dark, whatever. But Alice found a way to craft these really dark songs in a way that just felt like classic rock, with an extra edge to it, an extra level of emotion. And I, I still love the new Alice in Chains stuff. I think uh, Rainier Fog is tremendous. That's the latest one from a couple years ago. But I'm just glad to see them get recognized and the amount of uh, musicians that came together to honor such a good band. And I'm glad that they were uh, yeah, given this honor. Absolutely. With you, 100% on that, buddy. Well, with that, let's go to our, our main... Uh, piece here and uh we've done a couple of these before paul we have binaural i think was uh our last one yeah yeah uh no yield was yield thank you we did binaural that was the first one because you had a bone to pick and i was like i'll pick it with you and we took care of that and then shortly thereafter we got to yield and go you know what we could we can mess with the yield and uh it's been a little while now it's been a few months so let's go ahead and take care of self-titled Pearl Jam album, retracking, yep. Avocado. Uh, I'm going to uh, have you start. And well, we should say the parameters here are all the songs in the album are available to be selected, but you, can, you don't have to use all of them. And you can choose any song that was demoed around, the, around that uh, recording session time. So yes. that would include, what, what other three songs we, have to, we can include here? Uh, well, I... I Looked through the recording sessions mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of material that came out of those recording sessions, tons of material. As a matter of fact, there was a 13 track demo that leaked oh, right. uh, yeah. years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. And it had, you know, a, a bunch of instrumentals. Uh, it had a, a track by stone singing called 10 billion years. We got, um, open door, which was kind of a really rough cut. Uh, Cold Confession and Let It Ride came out of that. Those are like the biggest two, I think. Those are the two biggest yeah. ones. They they were the the closest ones to to being finished, I guess you could Reviewed say. Reviewed by Stip on uh, Sky Scrape. They indeed, yes, indeed. Um, of the Earth, right? That was uh, part of that. Of the Earth was from that recording session, but right. it was not included in that demo. Correct. So 
those are the songs we have to choose from. Uh, you could have eight songs. You could have all whatever that was that seventeen songs, thirty songs, whatever whatever you want. So, Paul, tell me your order and tell me why you placed the song where you placed it. Are you just going track by track, or yeah, just, just, just give me just give me the well. You you can you can name the track and explain why, and then move on to the next track. That's probably all I'm going to do. Okay. However you want to do it. So the the first thing I'm doing is I'm sticking with life wasted. But that reprise that happens later in the album, I think should open the album. I think uh, having Boom come in with the organ was a really unique way, I thought, to bring in what, what will become of just a blistering album almost from front to end. So you're saying Wasted Reprise, track number one. Exactly. Life Wasted, like track number two. Exactly. So we, 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 or I wouldn't even make that, it, I would just make that the intro. But if you wanted it to be its own track, totally cool with that. Oh, I'm with you. Come in. Okay. Yeah, come in with that. It's nice and quiet. It's it's introspective. There's a haunting element to it, and then boom, in come the guitars, and I like it. and we've got this this fantastic track. You know, you're always saying there's something wrong. I'm starting to believe it's you playing along. You know, death came around, forced to hear its song, and no tomorrow can't be depended on. And so, you, you really kind of have this idea of like this album is going to explore. Uh, it's a very existential album. This album is really going to kind of talk about identity and life and death and, and what the value of a life is. Not necessarily the meaning of life. It's not that as much as it is just what is the value. That's vitality. <laughs> it is exactly. <laughs> so quite literally. Quite yes, literally I know what you're saying. Man. And you're yes, exactly. So that's how I would open the album, um, and I'd stick with Worldwide Suicide after that, which I think starts to, to focus the album. A little bit more towards what I think is Pearl. I mean, this album really is Pearl Jam's anti-war album on so many levels. Yeah. And so you you have this song kind of break in, and so we're talking about life, and let let's talk about not just our own lives wasted, but let's talk about the lives that we waste. Right. Uh, forsaking soldiers' lives, we're using them like pawns in this very unfortunate and unfair game played by people who never get to see the front lines. And they're motivated by this this greed. They're motivated by power. They're motivated by the acquisition of assets and natural resources. And it's reckless. It's unfortunate. It's tragic. And uh, and it really is just this worldwide suicide. So now we have the theme, basically, of the album that's been stated. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we we from there we go into severed hand, which for me has always been this kind of perfect third track. I love the way it comes in with that intro at the beginning with those guitar with that guitar and then you've you've got you know you look at this this line here I've no fear but for falling down so look out below I'm falling now please understand I just need my friend away away home and so we're starting to play with points of view here vantage points and this exploration of identity starts to take shape as we kind of look at what it feels like to be on those front lines and then this grievance continues with comatose, which I would put as the fourth track. Consider me an object, put me in a vacuum, free of all conditions, free of air and friction. So you, you have these figures in Washington, or really all around the world, depending on wherever you live, but primarily, since this is more you know, domestically focused, these, these folks in Congress, they make these choices and they treat these people like pawns, like I said, and they don't ever ask themselves what it's like to be in the shoes of these men and women. You know what I mean? 
And we don't really think about those things, I think, when, when we're electing these folks and, and, and the platforms that they run on. And it, it's this idea that there's, there is this comatose indifference, essentially. Yeah. Uh, from there, I kind of throw a bit of a curveball. I would actually, for the, the fifth song, I'd slide Of The Earth in, which I think Ooh. is one of Pearl Here Jam's most, most underrated gems that we've yet to receive a studio release for. I'm not sure what kept the album off of, I'm sorry, this track off of the album. I, I, I see the argument that thematically it may not necessarily fit. Um, I, I think from an existential point of view, it fits just as much as Crop Duster does on Riot Act. Um, when you really look lyrically what the content of, of the Earth is about and kind of kind of really looking at its place in this album and sonically speaking, it fits beautifully in between, I think, Comatose and Marker in the Sand, which is what I would place right after of the Earth, which I think there's, there's some vagaries in this song, but this idea of where that marker is, right? It really does kind of accentuate the hypocrisy of us as a society, both from those that we elect and ourselves, in the sense that so many of us kind of don't really look at where those markers are because so many of us never actually have to cross those markers. And it's those that do that I think this album is really speaking to. From there, there's kind of a, a shift in point of view for me where we go to parachutes mm. after Marker in the Sand. And you look at the, it's a beautiful line here. It's towards the end of the track. And war, break the sky, tell me what it's for. I'll travel there on my own. And love, what a different life had I not found this love with you. So it really kind of looks at what it feels like to embrace love, not war, which I think has always been a theme of Pearl Jam's yeah. activist push. Um, sticking with this point of view, I would then go into Army Reserve because it really captures the point of view of what it's like to be here on the home front with someone you love being victimized through this deployment and, and the pain and the conflicting emotions of feeling pride in someone you care deeply about dedicating him or herself to the service of this country and its values and principles but at the same time just the, the heartfelt tragic um despair that one feels at not knowing if that person's going to return home or if so wrapped in a, a flag covered box mm. you know and so there's that that point of view there i think that is is beautifully captured in army reserve i think it's one of the most underrated pearl jam tracks it really is yeah uh, in the catalog actually but it's certainly i think one of the most underrated on this album i don't know why they don't play this one more often uh, so from there i'd slip into unemployable because not everybody comes home in a box obviously and uh I thought that uh, this song is, is it's really unique with its, its examination of um, that ring. You know what I mean? He's got a, a big gold ring which says Jesus saves mm-hmm. and it's dented from the punch thrown at, at work that day. Again, though, you're getting all this, this, this hypocrisy. Um, and it's just the weight of carrying all this. You know, 30 bills unpaid, gets up, lights a cigarette, he's grown to hate, thinking... If he can't sleep, how will he ever dream? And it's just what gets sacrificed through this this process. Uh, we actually detailed this song in a, a live cut a while back. Yes. So I thought that was kind of hand in hand with that. I would scratch Big Wave off. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Okay. So that, that one doesn't even make the cut for me. Stick that on the B side. So after Unemployable, I go into Gone, which is a, a nice little Eddie Vedder track there. And sticking with Eddie, so this is kind of the side B, so to speak, of the album. It's a bit softer. We've got kind of more down-tempo songs. So after Gone, I, I slip into Cold Confession, which I think thematically mm. works really well after Gone. So you have Unemployable. So this is kind of this descent, basically. Yeah. Uh, and you know we have parachutes, which is a love song, and then this this subject kind of goes through this this ritual of, of dedicating him or herself to the army, and so we have or the Marines, whatever the armed services is that he or she happens to join, and then there's this process where some come home, some don't. Let's play around points of view. Let's kind of tell this these vignettes, this story surrounding mm. all of this. I like that, yeah. and then. Then he comes or she comes back. We scratch Big Wave off, unemployable. We have that that down moment, that dark night of the soul, as it would as it is considered in, in the screenwriting world. And then you have Gone and Cold Confession, which is just you know down in the dumps. And we have this character who's or this subject who really has nowhere to go but up, provided he or she's able to get out of this. And then I would end with Come Back and then Inside Job, because I thought those two pair beautifully at the end and they complete this story. And so it's just this self-actualization at the end and realizing I'm doing all of this to myself. You know, that, that, and so if you look at it that way, there's a bit of a hopeful note there where that the subject realizes that it's not too late. And so we kind of had this descent into what looks like a life lost. Um, and just being, even if you survive these wars that you don't even start, you get lost by the time you come home that you, you're, you're, essentially, you're essentially a casualty of war in a different way. And to kind of realize that, you know, there's still the opportunity to kind of find love from the inside out and not lose everything that matters to you, I thought was a kind of a profound thought to end on. So for B-sides, I'd have um, Let It Ride and I would have Big Wave. Those would be my, my B-cuts. So these are going to be on like a... B side of a single kind of thing. B side of a single, yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, I mean, open door. I thought would be probably be a neat little uh, like Christmas single or something. <laughs> I, I feel like that. I would have loved to have seen that track finish. There's just not enough there yet. Yeah. You know, um, for for me to say, oh, it should be released. I, I feel like it was something that they were toying around with, but it never fully got realized. So, it's, in fairness to the track and, and the process, I, I opted to just leave that off entirely. So you've got 14 songs. You added two, removed one. Correct. So I'll, uh, ju I'll just read them, read them out loud. Yes, I'll just ahead. give you the titles one more yeah. time. So we start with Wasted Repri Reprise, pardon me, and Life Wasted. We go into Worldwide Suicide, then Severed Hand at three. We get Comatose, Of the Earth, followed by Marker in the Sand, Parachutes, Into Army Reserve, followed by Unemployable, then we, our descent begins here after that with Gone, Cold Confession, and Come Back, and then A Moment of Redemption with Inside Job. I like it. Uh, you are a screenwriter at heart, and <laughs> and partly in life, right? You still, you still write? I sure do. Okay. So that would make total sense to me. That I, I get the acts. I get the arcs. That all works for me. I tried to also create my own arc here. My own. I'm excited energy. for this. I thought you did a really cool job with this on the last retrack, so... I tried, my man. I, I put together some notes here. So pardon me if it sounds like I'm reading because like I kind of am reading, but um, yeah, I just wing it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I swear control, to those listening, there control, is preparation A and delete. <laughs> just get rid of all the notes, toss it, rip the pages up. So uh, 
I have a similar start to you. I'm starting with Wasted Reprise. Okay. Okay. I look at Wasted Reprise as like a preamble or a warning or a prologue, whatever word you want to use there. It feels like that's the track one um, that has to set the the table. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. From there, I'm going right into Comatose. Bang. Hitting you right in the mouth. Wow. Now, to me, this is sung by a mother. Hmm. She, She is wary of war. She's wary of being told her opinion is unpatriotic. She sees her son and her husband uh, very unapologetically patriotic as her son goes off to fight what he considers to be a just war. And so this is her song kind of protesting. Like fourth, was it uh, Born on the Fourth of July, Tom Cruise? You ever seen yeah. that movie? Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. So this is kind of that. The mother is speaking out from the get- mom gets to go first, and she is just not happy that her son and her husband are just, let's go to war. This is the right thing to do. And off they go. Next thing is Severed Hand. This is sung by the son going off to war. Uh, he's off at war now. And he is, after a little while, unsure he's made the right call to enlist. He's torn. He's scared. He's frantic. This leads into Army Reserve. This is sung by the soldier's wife. Right. Scared by trying um, to comfort their young children. Um, dad is doing what he needs to do um, to get the job done. He's trying to, um, or she's trying to justify his absence, but she's kind of failing at it. She doesn't really know how else to justify this thing. And after all, after a while, it just becomes a lie after a lie after a lie. And she's losing faith in this, in this whole endeavor. Right after Army Reserve, Worldwide Suicide. Mm. It's a song of the public. It's uh, maybe sung by the soldier's friends of anyone who's been critical of the war to this point in the story. Now, this soldier is dead. Okay? And for what? What is the world coming to where life seems to be so disposable? You said disposable just a moment ago. So mm-hmm. here, here, here shows up again. After Worldwide Suicide is the eulogy and comeback. The moment the soldier's family hears of his death is we, we get this song. And this is the visceral reaction by all those who loved him, channeled through his wife who narrates the lyrics. So she's singing on behalf of everybody else. From comeback, we go into parachutes. So after some time, the soldier's wife is continuing her grieving process. She's reflecting on the love that she shared with her young husband, now gone. He's left her, but she knows she's better for having had him, if only for a little while. And she will grieve for a long time, but she holds out hope that they'll be together again in another way, another place. And until then, she'll cling to her love for him. From there, we go into unemployable. A little bit of a, of a turn here, a little bit of a change of vantage point, to use your phrase. <laughs> so meanwhile, the soldier's dad, who had been so supportive of his son's decision, is beside himself with grief, only to have his sadness doubled down upon. The country and the economy is falling apart, and the American dream he believed in is becoming a nightmare. His job is gone. He still has a family, yet broken, to support. His belief in himself and his higher power are totally in question. So what does he do? Well, much like many Pearl Jam uh, topics and themes, he goes for a drive. (laughs) We're doing Gone here. So Gone is next. It's the soldier's father needing to escape. Everything hurts so badly that he grabs his keys and he just drives. His wife doesn't even question it. She knows he needs this, though she is worried for him. 
He drives searching for answers while trying to leave behind his feelings and bad thoughts as if they're a problem of proximity, which of course they are not. From there, we go to Marker in the Sand. This is the conversation the soldier's father has to himself, to his higher power, if it's even there listening. Basically, what is the point? What can we believe in anymore that so much of what he loves and believes in has been ripped away? His livelihood, his cultural view of how life works, and literally his own kin. From Marker in the Sand, we go into Life Wasted. I'm using a little bit of liberty here um, with my narrators, um, so just bear with me here. So the verses are sung by the soldier's mother and the choruses by his dad, which don't actually make sense if you look at the song in a vacuum, but for my purposes here, that's what I'm going to go with. Now, the mother, always the rock of the family, helps her husband face his demons and his fears. She convinces him the dark place that he slipped into isn't worth it, that there is still much to live for. They still have each other, their other children, their daughter-in-law, and their grandchildren. Life goes on. And the husband slash, you know, soldier's father agrees come the chorus. He's tasted that dark place, and he doesn't want to taste it anymore. He doesn't want to waste it anymore. He doesn't want to waste life being there. He must celebrate his son by living and honoring their family by finding joy wherever they can. They will all make it together. Which leads us to... Inside Job, the natural yeah. album closer. Though the soldier's father knows he cannot waste his time on, on this earth living in depression, it's not easy. There are so many changes to how he lives his life now, and it's ripped him apart. He's still incredibly vulnerable, and it will take him some serious inner strength to overcome all of these confusing feelings. He will not ignore his past, but he'll need to shut it off now and again to help himself heal and move forward as a healthier person. It's okay to see things differently, to feel differently, to accept that he is human. The man who blindingly and perhaps with much machismo supported his son's decision to go off to war to defend the country as he saw it has changed. His armor is off and he's aware of how naked he is to the world. It's scary, but he knows with the help of his remaining family that he'll find a new way to live. So forgive my schmaltz. But perhaps the little hidden jingle at the end of Inside Job is a little message from that soldier who has passed on. A positive, I'm all right kind of thing to kind of bookend the preamble of Life Wasted. So that kind of journey of 12 songs, you'll, you'll see that obviously I've removed Big Wave because it didn't make any sense in the story here. Right. And the other songs just didn't, again, didn't really fit my narrative. So I was happy to leave them off as B-sides. And I think okay. that this, these 12 songs work as a it's a flow. And the Oscar goes too. Oh, man. Well oh. done. Well said. Thank you. I, I think like we, it. I think we nailed it. I think we did, buddy. I think we did. You know what? Now, now that I think about it, would we have a different view of this album if it was retracted in one of the two ways that you and I just talked about and they had a different cover? Oh, like an album cover? Yeah. And, maybe, and what if they called it something different? What if they That's what I'm saying. It? I mean, I don't know. Like, what if it was called Marker in the Sand or, or, or Comatose and it had a picture of, um, of an American flag? I don't know. So some play on Iwo Jima or something like that. I mean, they, they, they could have done something interesting. I don't know. I just, I feel like there's, maybe they thought there it was, was something on the nose. I, maybe they did, but I mean, it, it, it would have been, you get this thing in the mail, right? 
or you go out and you buy it and you rip open the cellophane like I did at the time. And you're staring at an avocado and you're thinking, okay, so I had no idea what the point of that was. I was like, why? I, I still we, don't. Is there <laughs> in there or? <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, man. Um, Pearl but Jam you know what? You buy a Haas? Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm with you. I, I feel like this album could have a very different legacy um, than it does. So. Because wasn't the scuttlebutt? That's why that, we're here. Yeah. Well, of course, we have something to do now. Yeah. But like, wasn't I, I always heard that this was intended to be in the beginning, at least, to be in the early stages, to be a concept record of sorts. And that part of the way through, they're like, ah, yeah, screw it. We'll just we'll rearrange the track listing so musically it makes more sense from the you know the standpoint of how we you know do a show. They'll do a live show because Eddie has said before that you know they would track albums to be kind of like a live show. Mm-hmm. But like if they had taken our advice or some, you know, combination of our thought process processes, uh, perhaps this album would have been better received. Maybe, or or at the very least far differently received. Um, Not necessarily better or worse, but for sure it would have been interpreted differently. And I think it would be remembered differently. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As opposed to, oh, it's avocado. And and, and I, I feel like if somebody asked me what avocado was about offhand, I wouldn't necessarily have an answer. You know what well, I mean? On top but, of that, when it first came out and this is obnoxious because this is what the, you know, the media does all the time with, with new records with, for, for bands like Pearl Jam, who've been around for a long time is they'll find some way to do like we, we said it before, the return, return to form. To form. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so they'll find some way. Oh, the first four songs are blistering and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Okay. Guy. But like, if they took a step back and tried to examine the songs for what they were and not try to compare it to verses and 10, you'd see that there are some really good songs on here. And no if you try and look at the lyrical content, uh, you know, save for big wave, which is makes more sense kind of leading into do the evolution than more than anything else. But thematically there is a lot to digest here. We just, we just went through why. And all you got to do is change the order around. Yeah. And, and it helps you reimagine or reinterpret what this is all about. And it adds a little bit more depth to these lyrics. It really does. It really, really does. I don't know. Um, g- great album. I have to say, though, the, the Brendan O'Brien mix better is far superior than, yeah. than the original. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm very curious as to what our listeners think of our, our retracking. This time Talk around. Talk to us. Yeah. Rich, subscribe, review. In, like, not in that order. but <laughs> In any order you so choose. In any but, order you so choose. But yeah, And I'd then in the process, a, drop us a comment and yeah. say, hey, guys, pull your head out of the sand. Okay? Find the actual marker. It should be tracked like this. Well, hopefully people will chime in. Uh, I had a, a guy um, message us on... Uh, on Instagram after the, um, what was it? The top. Oh God. It was like deep cuts. It was like a few episodes ago. We did like a top mm-hmm. five or something. He's like, I really think it should have been this. Or no, it was Ed songs. It was like best Ed songs that we did. And he, he had a completely different order, but he was like really passionate about it. Like he even asked me for like this. We have a master copy, like a master Excel doc of all of our lyrics of the week. So we know which ones we've done and who's, and it has like, who's written the songs and who's done the yeah. music and the, and the lyrics. So we know who's done what. 
and he want, he wanted his own copy so he could play along at home, which I thought was great. Yeah. So if you if you by the way if you want that I'll send it send you a copy. But um, please let us know what you think about this retracking. If you hate it, if you like it, if you're indifferent, if you have a better idea, let us know. And with that, we go to lyric of the week. And Paul, wouldn't you know it, the lyric of the week comes from Pearl Jam, and it comes from Life Wasted. Paul, life wasted. Talk to me. It's it's a, a strong track, just kind of coming to terms with this realization that you've been going about this all wrong. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, and I think you know if it, I I posed the question a few moments ago, if somebody had asked me what this album was about in its original tracking with its original mix. I you know what's avocado about? Yeah, man, it's it's, it's kind of all over the place with some things, but I think most importantly, it was in some respects the band reinventing themselves and realizing that the last couple of albums of just kind of wallowing and whatever the hell they were wallowing in, they kind of rediscovered what it is that they do and who they are in a lot of respects, and I feel like that's when they kind of realized, okay, let's get back to who we are, you know. And, uh, and I think that this, this song is, is a, it's a call to arms, no pun intended, given the themes we've been Mm. talking about, but it's a call to arms for, for all of us to kind of reevaluate, you know, when, when this whole thing with COVID first hit, a lot of folks were posting online, you know, through social media talking about, oh, I'm learning how to cook and, and I'm getting in shape and I'm doing this and I'm, in my head, I was thinking, I have never worked longer and harder in my life than I have during COVID. <laughs> just be, between a job that hasn't let up and, and taking on more responsibilities and, and having two kids and being young as they are, it's, it's been, this has been difficult, you know what I mean? And I haven't had time to do all those different types of things. And, and God bless those folks for, for being safe and, and using the time to explore those passions and curiosities and what have you. But at the very least, you know, for some, I like to think that it was a similar realization from what you see in this title track. No, I'm sorry, not title track, opening track. And coming to terms with, okay, what is a life wasted? How am I spending mine? You know, and I think this is a question that I don't think we ask e- each other and ourselves enough. And, and, and I don't, it shouldn't be a new year's resolution that you actually think about this. You know, <laughs> it, sh- it shouldn't be once a year. It, it should be once a day or once a week, at least. I mean, the, this type of introspective meditation and kind of thinking, what am I doing with my life? And it, is this the way I want to live my life? Is this what I want to model for others? Is this how I want to be a contributing mender, member, pardon me, to a larger whole? So I think this song uh, really does kind of speak to me in terms of how should we be looking 
at life moving forward, especially with the surge in, in cases that we're experiencing here stateside right now that uh, will, will most likely have us, you know, and already does have us facing an impending lockdown all over again. So kind of looking at that and thinking, all right, well, what is the value of life and and how should we be spending it right now? And, and how should we be treating it in each other moving forward? Yeah. Well, you, you kind of bridged very easily to what I was going to say. It's a song about, I'm sorry, it's a song about sympathy, mm-hmm. not even empathy, better than that, sympathy. Because it, it implies that you've, that you've felt it yourself. Um, I've been where you've been. I've yeah. been as low as you feel. And the point of this song is to say, it gets better. It does. You have to work at it. Uh, you can do nothing and, and you can give into darkness or you can fight to feel like yourself again. Um, that can be obviously very hard in, in the situation we're dealing with now. And if you have time to even step back to think about the life that you're in, God bless that moment that you, if you find it, because otherwise we're all just moving at light speed to try and get through the day. Mm-hmm. If you've been in a bad place, it's imperative as a friend or family member to, to help that person find their way out of the darkness. I think, I think that's one of the things we're figuring out right about now. Now, no now I mean the last nine months there's, I mean, it's, it's a schmaltzy cheesy thing to say. And I know the liberals have been going on about this for a long time now, especially this year, but the whole thing of better together, it's like, yeah. you've got to find a way to recognize that you are living not unto yourself. You are living amongst a global community, if not your local community. And how is that not more obvious than the fact that you could simply shake someone's hand or breathe within a few feet of somebody and you've affected their life in a drastically different way, possibly. But at the same time, how much of a, di- you know, like a, a strange, almost dichotomy where you have this constant preaching of distance. So you really can feel like you're li- literally living on an island, despite exactly. the fact that you're surrounded by people, you know? So- yeah, no, said perfectly. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's, let's talk about addicts. Addicts meet rock bottom. People mm-hmm. with depression can hit rock bottom. A lot of the times, people that are at rock bottom need someone else who's been there as well to help them find their way back. Think about AA, for example. Right. This is a warning to say, you're not at your worst yet, but trust me, you don't want to get there. Uh, if you've got someone willing to help you, take, take their help. If they're willing to help you and they felt what you felt, believe in them. I have never personally been at a rock bottom place, thank God, but I've known people who've been, and you only find your way out if you have a good support system. That, that, that has been my you know, fly on the wall um, perspective and experience. Many, many people are in rough shape right now, as you've mentioned. Mm-hmm. All kinds of health, physical, emotional, mental, economic. Vaccines are about to come out. They're, they're very, very close um, as we're taping this in early December. 2020. Um, we're starting to see a light at the end of a tunnel, but even still, it's hard not to feel like you're in a dark place. And uh, now more than ever, for too many people, do we need to lift each other up? We need to, we need support systems. We need to be there for each other, however we can do it. If you're baking somebody a pie because they're not they're having a real rough week and you know, they love cherry pie, bake them a cherry pie. Um, there's a thing 
you know, when you're, when you're newly pregnant, or I'm sorry, newly, um, you've newly given birth to a child. The first couple of weeks I found uh, with uh, our child, people will ask if you, they can get you dinner or make you dinner a night because your life is just fucking crazy for the first couple of weeks. You don't know how your head's spinning, especially with the first child that, you know, we had, a, uh, I don't know, like seven or eight different friends say, Hey, we'll get you some dinner on Thursday. And then another friend says, Hey, I'll make you guys, you know, pasta on Friday. And it's just that way of helping people out. And that's obviously a good situation that you need the help in. Imagine having a bad situation needing the help even more. So with all this, it shouldn't even matter what your political affiliations or whatever are. Do what you can to help your fellow man out. As cheesy as that is, we are better together. And you've got to find a way to lift someone up that is obviously down. Right. Having tasted life wasted. If you have, if you have felt and tasted that shithole, that, that rock bottom or close to it, a really dark place, and you see it in somebody else, I, I think it is a moral imperative, if not a friendly imperative, to help them get back up. Yeah. Agreed. Well, this is a really fun rock song. Let's find out your favorite version of it live in our live cut of the week. Okay, Paul, we are going to the avocado years, mid-aughts. Yep. Where and when? Well, I saw Pearl Jam three times that year at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium. I was living in San Francisco, and they played there on July uh, 15th, 16th, 18th. There was no seats in the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium for these shows, so it was basically general admission, standing room only, and we sold that place out all three nights. And uh, the band was touched. They, they were extremely grateful and they put on three outstanding shows. And it's always interesting to me to kind of think about where they went after and where they were before. Because I think that oftentimes lends something to mm. the performance you get. You know what I mean? Well, they were in Santa Barbara right before they came to see me in San Francisco. <laughs> And <laughs> me and thousands of we others. We got to go to the bowl in Santa Barbara before we see Paul. Uh, yeah, we're going to the bowl, buddy, in Santa Barbara, July 13th, 2006. And what I thought was fascinating about this show is they actually had an acoustic set that featured oceans, elderly women, low light, waiting on a friend, hard to imagine, daughter, last kiss, come back, black and crazy Mary before going into an electric set. It was an outstanding show. Um, I didn't get to see the show. But based on the quality of the response from the crowd and the way that they performed that night on the bootleg, you could tell that they just crushed it, man. And this particular version of Life Wasted is exactly the way I'd want to hear it on the album. It starts off with boom. They got uh, the reprise mm-hmm, with, the, yeah. with the keys. And then it works itself right into the song. And it's, it's the way I, I think it should always be played as long as Boom's with him. And it was on that night. And uh, I think it's the best version of the song. They just nailed it. So there you go. Well, you're in luck because I'm going to play uh, Wasted Reprise right before it as well. So you're going to get two for one here, guys. Two for one. Yep. So let's head to uh, Santa Barbara and the Bowl, July 13th, 2006. 
face there, a life wasted. I'm never going back again. Haven't tasted a life wasted. I'm never going back again. I escaped there, a life wasted. I'm never going
Paul, you mentioned it before. This is one of those shows that, um, and for people who don't know the Santa Barbara um, Bowl, it is an amphitheater, but it is very small. Yes. Uh, Santa Barbara is not a big city. And uh, it's, it's almost odd that they even played it, but they did on, on a couple of different occasions. Uh, and it's a really interesting show. Like you said, the acoustic performance or the acoustic set, I should say, um, kind of memories of Mansfield, 2003, yeah. 2002, whatever uh, it was. I think they had, uh, was it, man? Did, did they do that at the Gorge? Wasn't there a couple of songs? They may have. Gorge, you know, memory, I, I don't, don't them, recall. Yeah. I just remember Mansfield for sure, night three, when they tried to play every single song they had. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it, this is a band that is tight. That tour, I think that entire tour, they were on fire. Uh, yeah. You saw them three times. I saw them three times. I saw them in San they, Diego. They just and felt rejuvenated, man. Yeah. Um, San Diego and both LA shows. I think I've mentioned that before, but that, those are yeah. the three shows that I saw on that tour. Um, all three excellent. And I have stories from all three, but um, those were the 7th, 9th, and 10th of July. The next show is Santa Barbara. Yeah. So that like that's it. Are yours. So your shows and mine are literally yeah. bookending this. How exactly. cool is that? So a very tight performance. It's played a little bit faster than usual, which when the guys are kind of feeling it, they do with a lot of their songs. Um, they played eight songs from Avocado that night. Yeah. And this was, I don't know what, I don't know what number it was in the performance list, but it, it's been played 110 times total. And uh, just really, really good. Really, really good. Like I said, I like that tour a lot. If you can get your hands on the uh, Imagine in Cornice DVD, uh, I would watch that because there's some great performances from Italy. Pistoia jumps out um, specifically and Verona are, are really, yep. really good. That's a whole other thing. And I'm sure the guys over at Live and Four Legs have talked about that before in great detail. But anywho, uh, that's been our, uh, our our avocado session, my friend. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about this one? I enjoyed it. <laughs> would, you, would you have said anything else? Everyone at home was like, uh, I hope he likes it. He was on it. <laughs> well, at any rate, <laughs> uh, we've got another show next week, and we want you to come around for that one too. We will have another fantastic episode for you. Don't know what it's going to be yet. Just see the see our pants. We'll figure out something good. We'll fly. We'll, we'll fly. fly by it. We're, we're given to fly, buddy. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to cut the mics off. I have mute control here. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, you've been listening to The State of Love and Trust. Love and Trust.